Cormani McLean has announced his commitment date. It's a week from today, October 27th. Will he be a Florida Gator? We're going to talk about it here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Joining me now on Locked On Gators is John Garcia, Sports Illustrated's Director of Football Recruiting, Locked On's Recruiting Insider. And before we get into it, I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates that you want to talk to. Faster, post your job for free at linkedin.com slash College. Terms and conditions apply. And John... We've got, I mean, big news happened recently. We are recording this on Wednesday and on Tuesday night. Uh, Cormani McLean said October 27th, commitment date. Florida, Miami, Alabama. How, how should Gators fans feel now with, with a date set where we've spent, I mean, months going, this is going to be an early signing day thing. This is going to go down to the wire. And now, not so much. Yeah, Brandon, we, we started to hear some smoke about a potential early commitment, right? We didn't know how early it was going to be. The the visits started to become fewer and further in between. I think once he canceled that Bama official, uh, it really became a matter of, okay, is he, is he getting closer to doing something or is this just delaying the inevitable and he'll take the Bama visit in December and go all the way to signing day like a lot of us expected? So obviously the answer is, has now been revealed. And October 27th, next Thursday, Cormani McLean will come off the board, number one player in the state of Florida, number one defender in America on Sports Illustrated. Of course, number one corner comes attached to that. So two things here with that date. One, uh, confirmation that Georgia and Miami were on the outside looking in. I know Miami's got a hat on the table, but um, you know, not a lot of visit traction, early official visit, probably a little too early from that Miami perspective, no plans to get back down to Coral Gables. I think that's probably, you know, you know, dark horse punchers chance, third team, whatever you want to call Miami. I think that's them. And then obviously the group of finalists was down to three. So that confirms, Kirby Smart and Georgia are not in the final picture. We assumed Georgia was fading a little bit because we've we've viewed this thing as a Florida Bama battle for a while. But confirmation is a different thing, right? You know, because now we know, hey, Georgia's not a finalist. They're not going to get a visit here at the 11th hour, which I know at one point late in the summer was being talked about by Cormani himself to me as as a possibility. So huge news in that regard, just from a tangible perspective. So now, okay. What about Bama, right? Because, look, this thing is lining up so well for the Florida Gators. Uh, most frequent campus he's been to, most recent campus he's been to, obviously canceled that Bama official visit, and he will now be committed to a school before any rescheduling of that visit goes public. Uh, there's there's no, there's no record of what he might do this weekend. I'm hoping to go see him Friday and maybe ask myself, but – when a kid comes out with this verbal commitment date so soon, we're, talk, we're talking seven, eight days away from the announcement, typically it means that you know where you're going. And, and all of that, at least publicly, has to favor the Florida Gators. Uh, so really the question it really is, is 
Will there be visits after the commitment? And if so, does Bama get that visit rescheduled? That that really is all it becomes after the 27th. But leading up to that, you got to feel good about Florida's uh, place here, right? There's really no other way to slice it. it it's not quite as as home runish as uh, you know Dejon Johnson was, or, or even Bryce Thornton, which was another Florida Bama battle uh, that ended last week. It's it's not as clear behind the scenes, but. When you talk to Cormani, when you see those around him, Florida is the school that feels like home. We've talked about Corey Raymond and that lineage and all that, you know, to to, to the ninth degree. So that that speaks for itself at this point. Um, but again, I think the timeline here really has to favor the Florida Gators. And it's a big deal. And it's timely, right? You know, Florida has not been great on defense. Uh, I think the past uh, – I think I saw a stat where the past defense is like last – or, or it's it's beyond the hundreds in, in, in the nation right now. Uh, so it is it is timely for Florida. It's going to be a huge defensive back haul with or without Cormani, uh, especially with those two additions last week. But this becomes just a different stratosphere of perceptional growth for the Gators. It, it solidifies Billy Napier and this coaching staff as a legitimate contender for anybody they go after. And I do think it reemphasizes Corey Raymond's place as the premier cornerback in particular, cornerback recruiter in the United States of America. So uh, I think when you transition schools and, and there's some drama and all that, that, that could easily start to, to be chipped away at. Um, but I do think this will be sort of confirmation um, that, that, that it's still his show, right? And, and all of that is still ahead for him with that, you know, the DBU stuff and all of that. So I, I think this is a huge perceptional deal for the Gators, and then eventually, should he sign with UF in December, it becomes a huge deal for 2023, right? Because you're not bringing in six or seven defensive backs to have all of them set the bench. I mean, it's just the reality of recruiting, right? You've overhauled an entire roster. You've inherited some good talent, some not-so-great talent if you're Billy Napier and company. You're bringing in these guys to play early. So it reemphasizes how important a Cormani McLean, a Dijon Johnson, a type of commitment is to the Florida Gators because those guys could see the field as soon as next September. And, and that's not something that every school can say. Yeah, I think for me, the biggest issue is just it feels like Florida for Cormani, and I'm just so ready to be hurt. I'm, I'm just, I'm fully accepting that. PTSD, huh? Yeah, like like beforehand, you joked Jackson State. I'm ready for him to just go like UNLV and hey, just he visited BYU. He visited BYU. So yeah, and for a while, he they were they were in that graphic that came out that was yeah. like, hey, BYU's in there. Thankfully, no. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm just ready to be hurt. But looking a little beyond this, there's 2024, which this is the only 2024 kid that we're going to talk about. Desmond Ricks. Uh, and I wasn't going to talk about him, but shortly before we recorded, he tweeted 1022 at one of the graphics people. Uh, and I'm curious to hear your opinion on this, but more importantly, I want to play a little game. And because okay. we know how these 2024 kids are. Is this a commitment or is he releasing a top five to a top 30? Well, it's not going to be a top 30, thankfully. I think Desmond <laughs> Ricks put out a top 10 uh, a couple months back. Uh, that was when the whole what happened to FSU thing was was going down. Um, so I, I don't think it'll be a top 30. It could be a limited group. Um, I think 
if it were a top five, I think the Gators would be in it. Uh, I think Miami, LSU, probably Alabama, maybe Georgia would would round that thing out. Um, he, he's visited those schools. Uh, I don't know if Florida State has gotten back into the fold there. Um, if it's a commitment, that that becomes even more intriguing. I think there's less comfort with trying to project where he's going to end up singularly. I, I think a lot of schools have done a good job here, but I don't know if any one school has has created distance with Desmond Rick. So it could be something outside the box too, right? You know, there's, there's this time of year, things are winding down for a lot of kids. Um, you know, he's an IMG kid, right? Well-traveled, been through the majority of the process outside of official visits only because of his age. Uh, so yeah, sometimes you want to accelerate things in, in different capacities. So I could see him moving things up in a hurry, whether it's his timeline, just his plan for recruiting overall. So that could include, a verbal commitment uh, in and of itself. So I, I do think that it's a very intriguing post and you got to keep an eye on it, right? You know, uh, Florida's got, you know, six, seven DBs on board. Carmani will see, hey, you know, Desmond Ricks, if you want to be the next up or start off 2024, whatever that is, you know, Billy Napier, Corey Raymond, those guys aren't going to say no to him. He's a premier cornerback in the class of 24, so much so that if he were in the class of 23, he would rank in that realm of Cormani McLean, of these elite corners. You know, we've at SI, we've got Malik Muhammad up there pretty high, a couple other guys. He'd be in that grouping as a junior, which is just not something we say for a lot of prospects. And Desmond has, you know, the confidence, the size, the length, the fluidity to truly, you know, lock down one side of the field. Uh, and he's a little bit bigger physically than Cormani at this stage. So uh, definitely a kid who could, you know, step up if he has to. Uh, and be in line to play early. So it's it's a fascinating uh, projection. I saw the tweet like you did, and I was like, what is this? <laughs> so we're still digging on that. I think after this pod, we'll, we'll maybe get some clarity. But, yeah, I think it's something big. You, you don't tease something like that after you already put out a top group if it's not something pretty big. So definitely got eyes on Desmond Ricks, and I think Gators fans and a lot of college football fans should uh, come, uh, what is that, 22nd? That's Saturday. So come Saturday, I would definitely try to uh, keep an eye on Desmond Ricks' Twitter account. I know I'll be tuned in. Yeah, um, you, you never know what these kids are going to do. Sometimes they tease big things, and sometimes they tease nothing. Sometimes they talk trash about a program and then commit to that same program that they never even took a visit to. Okay. It happens. It, it happens sometimes. It, it's the nature of the beast of recruiting. So I sweat like a lot. Like it's bad. Um, that's incredibly convenient and perfect for me because, you know, I live in a very humid place. So if you live in a humid place and you're someone who just naturally sweats a ton, that's like the perfect combo. Like everybody wants to be near you at all times when you do that, right? Not exactly, but luckily for me, there's sweat block, and sweat block was created by a doctor to help with his own excessive sweating. It is doctor created and doctor recommended. If you or someone you love is living with or experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, whether it's embarrassing to them or you for being sweaty and gross, like myself, or embarrassing to people you are with, Try Sweatblock. Save 20% with the promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. Also available on Amazon. Moving on to, well, back to 2023. And you mentioned it. Florida's defense has looked bad at a lot of times. Uh, worst third down defense in the country. 
one of the worst just defenses in general right now. But again, that is something that Patrick Tony did at Louisiana. They were horrible when he showed up, improved every year, and they were number 11 in the country by the time that he left Louisiana. Of course, SEC is a bit different than the Sun Belt. Sure. But there are two players that Florida Gators fans want, that we all want, that we think could make an impact early on. Quay Rousseau and James Smith, high caliber defenders, um, reportedly a package deal, but also I feel like we've gotten feels of different preferences from each of them. Yeah, I know a couple weeks ago they both wore Bama gloves to one of their games, and that was a huge deal. What's the latest on them and their recruitment? Yeah, so they, they visited UF officially last week for, for that LSU game together, which I think – in and of itself was a big deal, right? Because at one point it looked like Rousseau was going to take the visit, Smith maybe not. And these two have taken almost every visit together. So if they were going to split up, then, you know, even for a visit, the package deal stuff starts to dwindle down a little bit. But Smith did uh, jump on and, and take the official visit as well. So all the package deal stuff feels like it's right back on for these two. And again, having been around them at different junctures, it really does feel like they're as close a duo as we've seen, you know, in college football recruiting, a lot of times package deals are, you know, family or they're at very different positions, right? Like a receiver and a pass rusher. So it's hard to stay in line, but these two are both elite front seven guys with some positional versatility. So a little bit easier for them to actually end up at the same program. And like you said, I think everyone's looking up at Bama at this point. I think they're going to be back in Tuscaloosa this weekend. Um, Georgia is a school that that they're looking to get back to as well. Um, Auburn at one point early looked like a dark horse contender. Obviously, a lot of question marks around that program. So that's good for Florida because the door is open. The door for another contender is open. And I think last week was enough to solidify the Gators' place in this race. Um doesn't mean you're at the lead. You might not even be second, but you are now a, a true hat on the table. You, you've gotten multiple visits out of these guys since July. July was their first visit uh, to UF for both of them. I know Rousseau we've talked about as much more of a possibility for Florida if they were to split up. His dad's a big Gator fan. He's got ties to the state of Florida. Um, I think the emergence of the young linebackers in particular is something Florida is easily selling to Quay Rousseau uh, as an immediate impact type player. So I do think it's a little bit more advantageous for the Gators to continue to press for Rousseau. But look, Smith got back on campus. That's another position that's going to be totally overhauled. We talked about this D-line group uh, that they've built on the commitment list uh, for a long time, right? It's it's maybe the strength of the class, although Cormani jumps in, that you know, that conversation's over and the DBs lead that party. But James Smith would start to counter that, right, if, if you were able to bring him in. So intriguing for Florida to get them both on campus. I don't know if they'll be able to do so again going forward, but these two, as far as we know, are going to continue to take visits and push towards a, an early signing day decision. So there is still time, whether it's the coaches hitting the road, uh, whether it's in-home visits later in the year, for Florida to continue to make positive impressions. But I do still feel like, Rousseau is more inclined to UF than Smith at this moment. Although, again, Smith making the visit shows that Florida's in it maybe more than we thought at one point. So um, Auburn's a question mark in that regard. Bama, Georgia aren't going anywhere in this recruitment status quo there otherwise. So it really becomes, can another school get involved? I know James Smith is pushing for Ohio State. 
Uh, I know they had Alabama State in their group of finalists, you know, which is the local school in, in Montgomery where they're from. Do they start to take other visits at the home stretch? Because now all these visits matter even more, right? You're not going to make a visit to a school you're not considering, uh, which is why, you know, Auburn to me doesn't have a trip on the docket for these two while Florida just had them on campus. Bama and Georgia are set to do so in the next few weeks. Uh, so for me, it's going to come down to those three schools until we hear otherwise. And again, the timeline here favors Florida because it is going to push for the next two months. So you've got more time to make up ground, which is something clearly UF has to do compared to, to those, uh, you know, last two national champions who have already, you know, uh, have more stability and, and more established connections to everything that, that these guys want to do in the front seven. So you're in the race, you're not at the front, but you're in it and you've improved your stock, obviously uh, coming off of an official visit. Yeah. And I mean, we've both said it today, Gators defense, bad. We know this. And you've seen Shamar James play early. You've seen Kamari Wilson play early. You've seen Chris McClellan play early. You've seen Devin Moore play early. There's a lot of true freshmen playing on this Florida Gators team. And you have to figure that for people like Quaversaw, James Smith, Cormani McLean, and any other people that are even considering Florida, they see the path to available playing time, right? That has to be something where they're looking at that and they're probably just licking their chops going, this defense sucks right now. We can make it a lot better. And if we can't make it a lot better, at least we'll be playing early on because it's not great right now. And Billy has shown young players will play. Right. Look, it's something we don't talk about enough, right? This group inherited an entire roster, right? Um, And then had to recruit in a very short window. So yeah, naturally, all things even, the guys that you go out and bring in are the ones that are going to be, you know, a little bit more inclined to see the field. So we do see a lot of true freshmen playing on on both sides of the ball, right? Etn on offense, a couple other guys. Look, that that is the nature of a transition. Um, so I, I do think that's something we're going to see more going forward, right? You expect a ton of roster turnover after this year at UF. It's just the nature of the beast because this is now the first full class Billy Napier and company are going to bring in. And as we look at the numbers here, we keep talking about it. It's going to be a big group, right? We've talked about four, five, six receivers, four, five, six defensive linemen. Same thing in the secondary. This is going to be a big recruiting class. So naturally, and there's a lot of spots left, right? We we know at least one more DB spot is available. Certainly some more spots in the front seven are available. The O-line is is still a major need for UF. So there's this could be a a 30-man class before all is said and done. So you're not going to bring in that many to sit all of them. I think that is, is all but a guarantee. Yeah, and I mean, Lord knows they need all the help they can get. The Florida Gators don't have a game this weekend, so they can't not cover the spread. But last weekend, they were two and a half point favorites against the LSU Tigers, which of course they did not cover. And if you've been listening to this show, you know Florida doesn't cover when they're favored. They don't. They cover when they're underdogs, and they don't cover when they're favored. That's how it's been this entire season. And it's probably going to keep going that way, if we're being honest, if they're favored again for the rest of the season outside of Vanderbilt. BetOnline is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. It has not even just sports, but reality TV shows, award shows, politics, economics, all that fun stuff. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn all about the trends and action. Check out BetOnline. It's where the game starts. That class did shrink by one because Creed Whitmore, the athlete i know he's a quarterback in high school having a solid year i see highlight plays from him 
all the time of just him option play burning the entire defense. And he decommitted from Florida following the LSU loss. I know that the week before the LSU game, he took a visit to Mississippi State. So yeah. and then he same day he decommitted, he committed to Mississippi State. D- do we know what happened there? Was it just there's too many receivers in this class? Maybe Mississippi State's like, hey, we'll throw you at QB still. Or do we know what's going on with that one? Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know how much quarterback is going to be involved there. Uh, MSU slings it as about as much as anybody in the country. So they're looking for a very specific type of quarterback and a guy who's a run first talent at that position is not necessarily uh, on the docket there for Mike Leach. But hey, maybe he's changing his, his philosophy. I don't expect it, but maybe there's a little wrinkle involved for for uh, Creed. But look, I, I think. You know, when he decommitted, like I told you off air, the first thing I did was I Googled the stats for UF. And look, Trent, you know, his older brother has four catches this year. He was one of those guys, as we talked about, inherited by Billy Napier. But they've tried to overhaul that wide receiver position. And and uh, they've had some struggles in that regard. So I do think that's something to um, consider in, in, in looking at this decision. But I also think what you said before that is even more important. He went out to visit Starkville. Um, Mississippi, and he really liked it. And look, if if you're a wide receiver who's going to be a volume guy, who's a developmental route runner with some twitch and, and that run after the catchability, let's be honest, that offense is a little bit more tailored to you. They're going to trot out four and five wide receivers and have routes going at every level and throw the ball 45-plus times a game. It's just not something we're going to see at UF, at least under this, this current grouping uh, of quarterbacks. So it's just, uh, I think, schematically something that, you know, he was open to and, and obviously was sold on as a complete opposite of what he was, you know, considering at UF. Uh, again, and a kid who's got family ties to the program, local recruit, all of that. I'm sure a lot of his verbal commitment status when he popped was that, right? It was, you know, I always thought I was going to play here. I'm local, big bros there. Everything was kind of just aligned for UF, almost independent of the coaching staff. But circumstances change. These kids are smart, and they're hearing from all these adults in positions of power. And and he took that visit at Mississippi State, and I believe his eyes were just opened. And they said, hey, I know you want to play quarterback, but come play receiver here. And look at this rotation we got. You know, A lot of upperclassmen in that wide receiver room there as well. They're going to have a lot of roster turnover, so maybe he views that as an opportunity, just like we talked about with uh, Florida on defense with these these uh, upcoming freshman recruits. So it could be a lot of different circumstantial things, but I do think it was probably a combination of all that, that led to this flip. Um, look, and not the biggest deal, right? Wide receiver is one of these groups that you have a, a big grouping at. Uh, it's just like if a DB decommits here in the near future, and, and I don't think I'm foreshadowing, but I could be, the group is so big and there's so much talent at the top end that it's it's just something that in the business of recruiting, you're more willing to accept as a fan base compared to a Marcus Stokes decommitting or a Kelby Collins decommitting, a guy at a premium position where you're like, man, there's not a lot of guys like that on this roster. Then it becomes a bigger sting factor, if you will. Um, but, you know, no disrespect to Whitmore. There is a good group of receivers still very much on board at UF, um, and they're probably going to have a chance to play relatively early. Yeah, um, you mentioned it, Trent Whitmore, four catches this season after being pretty heavily involved in the Gators offense last season, which again was more of that 
spread style, not air raid like Mississippi State, but a very spread style with four receiver sets here. Florida's very 12 personnel heavy, so there's two receivers at play the majority of the time. And Gators fans are starting to talk about Trent Whitmore maybe being a portal risk because Creed is going to Mississippi State. So Gators fans are just like, well, maybe we see Trent Whitmore follow him. We saw it with uh, LSU to Texas A&M with Jake Johnson and Max Johnson from tight end quarterback. Obviously, this is playing the same position, not throwing to your little brother. But are we looking at a portal risk potentially for Trent to go, hey, there, there's playing time available at Mississippi State. Look, we talked about it earlier, Brandon. Any inherited player that especially has a decreased role, I mean, those are no-brainer transfer candidates, right? Uh, and now it's a little bit more tangible with little bro moving on uh, from a recruiting standpoint. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot of overhaul on this roster. Another reason why we keep seeing this recruiting class grow towards that number 30, right? So I think that means there's going to be a lot of um, maybe early declarations, certainly just a traditional portal exits. And, and again, that's just the nature and the business of college football right now. People want to play, whether you're 18 years old or 21, looking to wrap up your college career, you want to play, especially if, if you've already had that taste, uh, like we've already seen in Whitmore's case. So yeah, I think there's some portal risk there, but you could start saying that about what, every single position, all these freshmen playing, uh, it makes every upperclassman look around a little bit. It's just something that is a part of an overhaul. Um, it, it just is what it is. Um, no reason to get on on Twitter and yell at these kids or whatever you know these fan bases do. But yeah, it's certainly something to think about more so now with Whitmore off the commitment list than we did a week ago. Yeah, and I mean, people will always make the the comment about if a kid is transferring away from a program, he's quitting on the program, but you are more than happy to take in any transfers that want to join you. It's, it's totally yeah. not the same thing. It's, it's definitely not the same thing. I don't think, all. I don't think they said that about uh, Osiris Torrance or some of these other guys. Yeah. Yeah. They haven't said that about arguably the best guard in the nation right now. Yeah, Osiris yeah. Torrance. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I'm sure he totally quit. I'm, I'm completely sure that that was the exact situation. This was John Garcia, Sports Illustrated's Director of Football Recruiting and Locked On's Recruiting Insider. Catch him all over the Locked On College channel and catch him on Locked On Gators every week. And hopefully next week we'll be talking about a certain corner committing to the Florida Gators. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow as joining me will be Trevor Sikama. Can't wait. Pro Football Focus. I'm very excited for it. Now, check out Lockdown SEC for your second listen of the day. Hosted by Chris Gordy. Get the best coverage on the best conference, including the best university. The University of Florida for Lockdown Gators. I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole9Sports and GiantsCountryOfSI.com. And I'll see you all tomorrow.